0: You're listening to another amazing episode of Men of Abundance, episode 233, with John McDaniel. And today we're honoring Purple Heart recipients through Wounded Warriors in Action. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. This podcast is where you will find living proof that you can live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness. You have to make the decision and you have to take the action, but I have the strategies and a special set of skills. To coach you into propelling yourself into the life of abundance and prosperity that you desire and you know you deserve. Listening to all of these amazing conversations that I have with these amazing men and women of abundance, you will get some nuggets here and there to greatly enhance your life. But having a coach in your life is extremely valuable. I have a couple coaches in my life at any given time based on what I'm going through and what I'm wanting to work on in my life. And every single top performer that I know and that I've talked to and that I follow have, if not one, multiple coaches in their life based on where they're at in their life and what they're doing. So guys, make sure you get a coach in your life, whether it's me or somebody else. If you would like to explore a coaching relationship between you and I, what I first encourage you to do is to listen to a couple episodes of Men of Abundance. Get access to the members only Facebook group at menofabundance.com forward slash members or just go to the members only tab at the top of any one of the pages at menofabundance.com. Get to know who I am, get to know me, get to know my mindset so that you know what you're getting into when you decide to get into a coaching agreement with me. And when you're ready, just connect with me on a Facebook message or email, whatever it is, however it is you want to get in contact with me, get in contact with me. We will set up a short discovery call because I need to get to know you as well. When I decide to get into a coaching relationship with somebody, I take that very seriously and not everybody makes the cut. But don't let that hold you back. This is your first lesson. Don't let that hold you back. You don't know what I'm looking for. Let's have the conversation. Let's get on a discovery call. Let's make that decision together. Now, I am happy to say that Men of Abundance has taken a jump in downloads and interactions. I am super excited. I've got a couple more reviews on iTunes. And I'm going to share a couple of those reviews with you here in just a minute. But one of them is from overseas and from a woman. That's super exciting. But all the engagement and everything that's coming around, men of abundance, is just blowing my mind. I'm super excited. I'm super excited for all the guys that are going to be able to get in on these conversations and get something, get a little nugget that's going to enhance their life. So you can be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with others in your circle. And if you haven't done so already, go leave a rating and review in iTunes or whatever podcast player it is that you listen to Men of Abundance from. Greatly appreciated because it makes a huge difference in the listenership and the downloads and is making an impact in your community. So one of the rating and reviews, five-star rating and review is from the Philippines from a lady... And I'm going to mess up her first name, S-A-O-I-R-S-E, Sky. And I know not, not everybody puts their correct name in iTunes, and that's cool. But that's the name. And it says, not just for men. Although I'm a woman, I really like the fact that there are so many things I can learn from men of abundance. I would say it is not just for men, but for everyone looking for inspiration. Kudos. One of the latest is from D Y. LLL or D Y L I I can't tell which one doesn't from the United States a five-star rating it says thoughtful Wally navigates a conversation like no one else you can sense his sincere curiosity this leads to a dialogue that isn't robotic and flows well. As a listener, I grab a hold of his curiosity. I love the questions he asks his guests. They are dead on. Man, that is greatly appreciated. I'll read one more. This one from another lady, Kelly Resendez, and she was actually a guest on Men of Abundance, episode 230. So go to menofabundance.com forward slash 230. She writes, great inspiration. Wally has created a show packed with wisdom and inspiration. If you want to live an abundant life, this is the show to listen to. Kelly and everybody else, I greatly appreciate all of your iTunes reviews and ratings. There's many more. I just can't read through all of them right now. But I just know I greatly appreciate every single one of you. All right. So I mentioned earlier we are talking today about Purple Heart recipients and we're honoring them through the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. Our Wounded Warriors deserve so much more than our country provides. But here's the thing, while some sit around and complain about the resources and support our veterans are not receiving, John McDaniel, our featured guest today, decided to take on the responsibility of doing his part, and he is doing so in a way that is changing and saving lives. Guys, make sure you share this conversation with every man in your circles, but specifically make sure you share this conversation with veterans that are in your life. Now, our future guest today is Lieutenant Colonel Retired John J. McDaniel. He served on active duty in the United States Army from November of 1987 to November of 2007. John is a decorated combat veteran, former infantry officer, airborne ranger, and master parachutist with the special operations background. Shortly before his military career ended, John began taking wounded veterans on fishing trips in the Florida Keys and in Tampa Bay. What once was a grassroots initiative has now developed into an ever-growing national charity, the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. Although retired from active duty, John says of his work, I'm not done serving. We simply can't do enough for these tremendous Purple Heart heroes. With a Master of Business Administration, John is a successful entrepreneur, business developer, and former CEO in the private sector. In addition to his work with the foundation, John is a certified U.S. Coast Guard captain, a senior certified USA hockey coach, an outdoor enthusiast, avid sportsman, and conservationist. John lives with his wife, Lisa, and their two sons, Dylan and Luke, in Apollo Beach, Florida. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to John McDaniel. John, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Wally. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I got to give a shout out to David, man. He freaking is just an amazing dude. We've been kind of masterminding him and I meet just about every Monday since we met um, in person, actually, because we met on Facebook a couple of years ago, actually. And uh, since I moved here to Florida, him and I have been connecting. And then he connected me with you, which is part of the reason why I love doing what I do is I get connected to so many amazing people and also get to connect others so that's what we're here to do today man we're here to connect you with men of abundance many of my uh listeners are veterans since i'm a veteran myself and a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh great information out of this so uh where you at in the world today
1: well uh i'm sitting in our headquarters where uh the foundation's headquarters is now located in brandon florida so we're just outside of tampa I, I, my family and I live in Apollo Beach, Florida, uh, you know, kind of at the intersection or resection, if you will, for the military folks, uh, between St. Petersburg and Tampa. So if you were to draw a line from Apollo Beach, you know, I guess uh, St. Uh, uh, Pete would be at about 10 o'clock and Tampa would be at 2. And uh, that's where, that's where our home is in Apollo Beach, but we have an office in Brandon, Florida, which is about uh, twenty minutes outside of the uh, city center of Tampa, and that's where that's where I'm at.
0: That's awesome, man! So you're literally just down the street from me because I'm out here in Riverview.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, I did not know that. That's <laughs> awesome. yeah. well. That, that explains why you and David were able to meet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I spent. Uh, I was all. You know. Lived in Hawaii for about ten years, and we decided to relocate. And Florida just seemed like the natural uh, place to move to from from Hawaii.
1: Yeah, and thank goodness that that storm—we've got a storm barreling down on Florida right now. It's 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 head as you know that that Hurricane Michael is heading towards the pan, panhandle. So uh, you know our prayers, uh, you know go out to the to the Florida folks in the panhandle, and 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 I hope you stay safe and and uh, you know that this storm isn't as bad as we think it's going to be, but it's it's rolling through the Gulf.
0: Yeah, I see that, and we're watching it too, man. So same to you. Hey, I like to start out the show pretty much the same way I start out every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, John?
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot to be grateful. If you're if you're me, there's a ton to be grateful for. I, I mean, I'm grateful because I have a beautiful family. I mean, I got a little late start in the you know in the world. I, I, I'm uh, uh, you know a little bit older than most dads, but uh, I've got a two and a, my wife Lisa and I have a two and a four year old. Uh, So I'm super uh, grateful for for them. Those two boys are happy and healthy and wonderful. The foundation has been a blessing uh, to me, the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. I started that after a 20-year career in the Army as an infantry and special operations officer. And the foundation now in our 12th year is doing amazing things for our combat wounded. Every day I am grateful and, and humbled by everybody's support and uh, the amazing heroes that, you know, that we're surrounded by, uh, you know, and, and I've got a great staff and, and, and awesome volunteers across the country, and, and to be honest with you, every day I, am, I, I, thank, my, I, I thank my lucky stars at how, how really blessed I, I am by, by being surrounded by so many wonderful and talented and, and energetic people.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, when I first heard of Wounded Warriors in Action, first off, I absolutely, action is my word. I mean, I love the word action. So when I saw that the Wounded Warriors in Action and what you are doing and your background, I was completely blown away. You know, I'm connected with so many different organizations. One of the organizations I learned about years ago when I first started podcasting was a podcast uh, created by uh, Jeremy Paris called Veteran Resources Podcast, and there are just so many programs out there but yours has been around for about 12 years as you said and you're specifically helping uh purple heart recipients is that correct
1: that's true yes we uh <clears throat> we, we have a very finite mission set and we have not strayed from that and i don't think we ever will because uh you know what we're doing is working and, and <clears throat> pardon me is is having a big impact on those that we serve but <clears throat> Excuse me. We are a Purple Heart organization. Uh, that's, our, that's our target client, is those that were wounded in action, and that's where our name comes from. Uh, every Purple Heart citation says, for wounds received in action. And so we, we, uh, we, we adopted that in our title, uh, Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to qualify for the services we provide, you have to have earned a Purple Heart. It doesn't matter what era. So you could, we've even served World War II veterans, believe wow. it or not, wow. and yeah, and, and uh, lots of uh, Korean vets, uh, and and more and more uh, Vietnam veterans, matter of fact, I was just on a muskie fishing event in the northern woods of Wisconsin, and we had three Purple Heart recipients from Vietnam, and, and integrating them with, with uh, you know, the modern day warriors that have been wounded. Uh, amazing things happen in that space, but we provide world-class outdoor sporting activities for our nation's Purple Heart recipients, and we do that right now today. In six, we do 62 different events in about 35 different states, including two foreign countries, and we annually are serving upwards of about 300 Purple Hearts a year through our mission. And 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 just you know briefly. You know what? What? Okay, everybody asks, well, what's so great about taking guys hunting and fishing for a weekend? Well, you know, it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. Our program is very, very involved, and at the end of the day, it really is about connecting these tremendous heroes with each other, connecting them and surrounding them with communities and people who care, and reintroducing them and reintegrating them into uh, the great outdoors. So you, you know, you combine all these layers. And what you end up with is a very effective healing process, surrounding them with a network of people and communities who care, connecting them with each other, and uh, you know these these long lasting relationships are formed. Uh, life becomes more meaningful, and uh, and and our work, you know, dot is documented as having uh, you know saved lives and helped a lot of people, and 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 so we're really super proud of it.
0: Right, because what I've seen too, and I've watched. Been, I've just combed your your site and really gotten in depth and watched all the videos and stuff. And you're also teaching along the way a lot of life skills uh, that a lot of these guys, you know, we we talk a lot about the transitioning veteran, or I do anyway, because I'm constantly having this conversation with as a mentor. And one of there's just so many different ways for our men and women and veterans to reconnect with reality you know as opposed to what it was where they were at wherever they were at in the world and um so you're sharing you're you're teaching those life skills as well along the way how is all that working out
1: well well, that's a great that's a really great point and it's also true uh you know one of the things i would say and i've said this for years uh because i think it's true and you'll you'll probably nod your head and so a lot of the other veterans uh, who are listening to this will do the same thing But, uh, you know, we raised our right hand, all of us, at some point in our career, usually very early on. And we swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over us. Okay, we took an oath and every and that's why we call it the service. Right. You wouldn't have done that if you weren't a servant. At some in some space in your heart. Mm -hmm. You you, you weren't a servant. And and so that's. All of us are, like it or not. And then what happens when you get wounded or discharged from the service uh, doesn't change that, okay? It might actually intensify it. So what we find when these guys and gals leave the service is that, that, that that willingness and that desire to continue to serve still is there, but it's been taken from them. Their wounds, the wounds of war have taken that from them. They miss their units. Every one of them says, hey, I would go back and do it again in a <laughs> second, you know. And so what the foundation has been able to do is figure out how to tap into that again and, and, and surround them with like-minded people who have similar challenges and similar experiences. And all of that <clears throat> is what contributes to this idea of self-worth, uh, of what I did is what, you know for our country is not forgotten, and it's actually valued. And so I think there's some deep meaning and, 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 and deep, uh, you know, connective tissue, if you will, between the individuals, the land and this idea of serving. So we've just sort of figured out a way to put all that together.
0: Yeah, and as far as I can tell, you've done an amazing job about it. Of course, I'm fortunate enough not to have received a Purple Heart during my deployments. um, But looking through all the stories and everything, it's just you guys are really making a huge difference over there. Now, John, one of the questions I like to ask on my show is for Men of Abundance is I like to highlight a kick in the gut moment. And the reason why I do this is because I want people to realize, and especially our veterans out there, and everybody knows that's been listening to the show for a while, that I like to bring up this kick in the gut moment because we all have them. It's what we do with that kick in the gut moment that makes the difference in our lives. So if you would share a kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that and it can either be personal or it can be professional or even something that you've dealt with since you've uh, been working with the, um, wounded warriors in action program.
1: Well, that's the first time anybody ever asked me that. Well, I, I I'll tell you, I'm just going to say the first one that comes to my mind. And, um, it's not the only time that it's happened. It happens quite a bit in this in this in the in the nonprofit sector, you see. And and my wife often says to me, "I can't believe you're just going to take that." You know, you're just going to take that. And she knows me. I mean, I, I'm a, you know, I mean, I, I I like the rest of it. I mean, I'm an infantry officer. You know, I mean it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to shy away from a you know from from, from you know confrontation. Uh, but but I will tell you. That I have learned over the years to um, to suppress that, and and it's not hard for me to do anymore. It's, but when you get kicked in the gut, you know, I mean, what, what and it happens all the time because I'm dealing with volunteers, you know, for one, for starters, and uh, you know, it's like it's a lot of times it's like herding, you know, I say it's like herding cats with a fistful of wet noodles. You we know, had 3,600 volunteers across the country, and I'll tell you where the kick in the gut. Uh, has come from a few a few of them you know taking guys under my wing okay and coaching teaching mentoring them and sharing you know letting them on the inside you know get 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 exposed to inside baseball you know i say inside baseball but you know Mm -hmm. you have inside baseball business has inside baseball and yes this is a non-profit okay but it doesn't mean it's not competitive i will promise you that what we're doing is more competitive than what you're doing and what what is happening out there in the in the private sector? You go, how is that possible? And everybody wants the 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 the, the, the non profit sector to join hands, sing kumbaya, share information and resources, and just be average. I'm not average, okay? And this foundation's not average, and we aren't average because we work really hard, and we have to have a competitive edge. The non profit sector is more competitive, in my opinion, than is the for profit sector, and I'll give you a good example of why. Um, where do you, I mean, we get the last dollar, man. Wally, we get the last dollar. I mean you're going to feed your family. You're going to recreate. Uh, you're going to make your investments. You're going you know, to make sure all, all your kids have shoes before you have any – you're going to do all those things first. And if there's anything left over at the end of the day, if you're feeling th- philanthropic, you're going to give it away to a, a charity. Maybe it's a church or you're going to give it to a, 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 an organization that you believe in. All right. So that's the last dollar. And so I'm competing for that last dollar. So if I let you in the inside of my circle and I coach, teach and mentor you, and then you decide to break away from the herd and start your own organization, that's similar, exactly similar to what I'm doing. You know, after you've been inside the teepee and you've got all my tactics, techniques and procedures, that's a kick in the gut. And I don't Mm -hmm. care what anybody says. Now, you can say, oh, well, hey, the world's better because there's another nonprofit out there that's helping veterans. And that's a perspective, okay? That's a perspective. But that's not, you know, that's not my perspective. If you've lost, you know, uh, you, know it, you know, now there's another competitor in this space, for example. Um, you know, that was the first kick in the gut that I received many, many years ago. But I've learned to turn the other cheek and just say, listen, God bless you. Go forward, do great things. Uh, you know, I, I harbor no ill will. Um, you know, God bless you for what you're doing, and I wish you the best of luck. Now, it took me a while, many years, to come to that you know position, but uh, you talk about a kick in the gut. It, to me, it's a loyalty issue, and and loyalty is like a pile of bricks, right? I mean, you can either build a wall or a bridge. We're hoping to build a bridge. But in a second, in one instant, with one action, one activity, you can build a, a wall that's almost impenetrable. So that's my kick in the gut story.
0: Yeah, I can feel that man. And I'll tell you, you know, they say that um, duplication is flatter is the highest form of flattery, but when it's done in the sense that an individual actually comes like you said i love your analogy comes into your tp and gets all your plans and tactics and everything and then goes out and does their own thing that to me personally i feel i feel you man that's just dirty um i'm an abundant leader i believe there's any there's more than enough out there for all of us but to me that's just that that just doesn't make it right that's just thievery right there the way it's conducted in that form so i can definitely feel that
1: i I agree man i mean to me it's sedition you know but you know what People are going to do what people are going to do, and and you, and you know I think the most resilient leaders, and I think this is the lesson for everybody that's listening is you know it's better to turn the other cheek. You have to, you have to, okay, and because and, you're not going to change what people are going to do, they're going to do what they're going to do. And if you feel like you've been harmed, I think the highest you know level of of of, of uh, you, you know human uh, you know compassion, if you will, is forgiving. And so you have to figure out a way to turn that, what you perceived loss, into a win. You know, accept it, let it go, and, and figure out how to turn that into a win. And I'll let the don't harbor ill will. Uh, it, it, it rarely does it ever lead to anything good. And so um, I, I share that with you because I really feel that way today, today. Uh, you know, about, about the whole, you know, you know, the kicks in the gut, you know, figure out out a way, figure out a way to make it, turn it into a positive thing that strengthens you as a person and strengthens your organization. And if you focus on that, I promise you, your organization will be better and you will be better. And that's what you have to get to.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely correct, because the alternative is to dwell on it all night, lose sleep over it, even go to litigation, lose money, time, effort, and you're completely diluting your mission. You've now changed your mission from what it is that you're doing to destroying this other individual or at least getting back what they took from you. And chances are it's not going to happen anyway, so just move on and focus on what you know you need to be focusing on.
1: That's exactly right. That's the lesson, yeah. And it, it's hard, okay. And everybody out there, everybody out there who's had this happen to them, whether it's an interpersonal relationship, business, or something else, is nodding their head, going, you know, because it's really easy to slam your fist on the table, stay up all night, you know, and 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 you know, get, you know, want to get into a fifty-meter trench fight with somebody. And, and typically, what happens is everybody loses. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses in that situation. So. I go back to my my wife saying, "I can't, you know, she knows me very well. She says, I can't believe that you're turning your cheek again." And I go, "Hey, you know, I'm doing it."
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I get that a lot too, man. So, I just know you, goodness, all the all the people that you've worked with, all the veterans that you've helped. I'd love to hear one or two just amazing good news stories that just stick at the top of your mind of what you're doing and how it's changed one person's life and their family and even the community, because I know that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, I know it is happening. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you. Uh, oh man, I, I mean, I, I have so many. I'll give you two real quick ones. The first one happened when I took a gentleman by the name of uh, Victor. I won't mention his last name, but but Vic, call him Vic. You know, uh, I took Vic out in the Florida Keys. This was early in the Foundation's history. We're going back to 2008. And and now we operate in small groups of three to five because it's like how we fight. So it's much better now than it was back then. You know, I I was personally leading all of these missions for many years, but now we've got our heroes leading them. Our Purple Heart recipients that we sent through our guide school are leading these missions, and, and, and it's much better today. Uh, because of their support, but but this was just me and a, a hero, a Purple Heart recipient who had, uh, eight, who had third degree burns over 85 percent of his body, mm. and uh, had just come back from you know had just got out of uh, BAMPsy, you know and and it was still uh, you know dealing with a lot of pain and and um, and, and so I took him uh, I, I, he came down to the Florida Keys I was uh, I had a home down there at that at the time. And we took them, I took them fishing, and we. I took them diving, and uh, we were snorkeling. And, and I had a. It was in the winter time, as I remember, and the, the the water in the Florida Keys was was a little colder than than what you what it would be in the summer. Well, it's like bathwater most of the time, but it was a little chilly. So I had a I had a three quarter uh, shorty uh, wetsuit uh, that I I gave Vic, and I said, Hey, man put this on it'll keep you warm when we're out there hunting for bugs. You know, we were hunting for we were we were lobster fishing, you know, diving mm-hmm. for lobsters. And, and so he went into the bathroom with this three quarter, I'm talking, you know, three quarters of came, you know, it, you know, three quarter, it didn't go all the way it, just above the knees and, and, and just above the elbows, you know, how this this wetsuit went on. He's in a bathroom forever. And I was like getting all concerned, you know, I started thinking, oh, man, I just gave this guy a rubber wetsuit to get on. He's got all these burns all over his body. Oh, my God, what am I doing? And, and you know, and, and he comes out, okay, on the bathroom and he's got this, this suit on backwards.
0: <laughs> all right? You
1: know, it's, it's he's trying to zip it up front and it's supposed to zip up back and it's not fitting. And I said, I look, took one look at him and I said, Vic, man, you got the thing on backwards. He's like, oh, you know, the look on his face, like I gotta peel this thing off me and put it back on. And I looked at him and I said, Vic, we don't have to do this. He looked right at me and he said, yes, we do. He's a ranger, okay, and I got introduced to him by a fellow ranger, and I'm a ranger. So he went back in the bathroom, another 20 minutes go by and he comes out with this thing on. We get downstairs, I gotta put the booties on him, you know, we got booties and fins. Same thing, he's missing toes, okay, and his feet and body looks like a road map like a, like a 3d roadmap, you know? And, 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 and again, you know, he's struggling to put these things on his feet. And I said, Vic, we don't have to do this. I'm serious, man. And he goes, yes, we do. So he struggles to get this stuff on. We go out, we catch lobsters, we have a great day, awesome event. And then he drives home back to Miami. He was living in Miami at the time. The next morning at five 30 in the morning, my phone rings and we'd been fishing and, and hunting for lobsters for two days. He drove back that night. And, and he at get uh, 5.30 in the morning, my phone rings, and it's Vic. And I answer the phone. I go, like, hey, buddy, what's up? He's like, uh, I, I just got to tell you, he's all excited. I just got to tell you, I just walked to the bathroom for the first time since my accident. and wasn't an accident. He got blown up over there in Iraq mm-hmm. while, you know, while he was you know, in, in an armored vehicle. But anyway, he says, uh, I walked to the bathroom for the first time since my accident without my slippers. And I just wanted to tell you, you know, I feel great. And thank you very much for what you did for me. And I was like, like blown away. Like what? You know, inside, like what? You know, and, and to me, it was Vic was the motivation for me to continue to do this, to find ways to connect with Met, to these tremendous heroes, and, and offer them opportunities that help them heal in their own way, whatever that might be. You know, at the end of the day that salt water and being in the water, you know, and actually going out and doing things helped stretch his skin out and and, 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 and and it made him feel better. When he got home, he actually did something that made himself feel better that he didn't think he would ever be able to do again. And we went out and did that, and he called me that next morning to thank me for what you know what we had done for him. and And it was a it was a what they call it an aha moment. It was the first real time that I was personally impacted by this work. and And that now happens, you know, day in and day out. And, and it's not just our me that that feels it, mostly, it's the heroes that are supporting our mission. and and all those tremendous volunteers across the country that are opening their homes and their lands, you know, to these tremendous veterans, you know, they're feeling the impact today. They're realizing what they're doing is making a difference in the lives that have made a difference in this world. And that's what makes this work really powerful.
0: Man, that is powerful. That's extremely powerful. You said you had another one.
1: Yeah, well, okay, so I, I was. I just told you, I was up muskie fishing in, 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 in Eagle River, Wisconsin. That's way, way, way up in the northern reaches of Wisconsin. And for those that don't know, muskie are a, a one of the high, most highly sought-after freshwater game fish on the planet. They're, they're an apex predator. They get to be, in some cases, 50 inches. They're, they can be huge, and a mouthful of teeth, eyes set forward in their head— they're predatory freshwater, massive, uh, great fighting fish, but they're hard to catch. They're known as a fish of 10,000 casts. So we had a big benefit up there in Eagle River. Uh, it our, was our fourth annual event up there. Flew in heroes from all over the place. We had three Vietnam heroes, one of whom was a, 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 a Vietnam veteran that was wounded in 1969 well, with the, the 101st Airborne. His name was John and uh, <clears throat> John stepped, pardon me, <clears throat> John stepped on a landmine uh, on patrol. He was a point man and, and lost both of his legs and was discharged, you know, obviously immediately thereafter. Well, that's 1969. I got a news for you. It's 2018. OK, and everybody knows that that generation, that Vietnam generation was not welcomed home like our heroes are today. And a lot of bad things happened to that tremendous generation of men and women who served our country valiantly and should have come home to a hero's welcome, but did not. And so I met John for the first time. He's in a wheelchair. Uh, we got up to, we, were, we, we arrived in, in Eagle River late that night, flights coming in from everywhere, It's dark, and uh, I went to the front desk to get the keys to let the heroes into their, their, their lodging accommodation where we would be basing our mission out of. And uh, they knew we had a wheelchair uh, individual with us. And uh, I got down to, the, uh, down to the, the, the cabin that they were supposed to be sleeping in, and there's no ramp. All right? So they, I got no, no American Disabilities Act compliant facility existed. And so I was like, "Oh man! I mean, we're really good planners. My my organization uh, leaves very few rocks unturned in our planning. As you can imagine, that's what I did for a living: is planned missions and operations and worried about details. Well, here, here we have a, a glitch in the plan. And I watched John get out of his wheelchair by himself with no legs. Uh, and, and I mean, literally. I mean." I, you know, just the upper torso. Got out of his wheelchair in the middle of the night by by himself, and and figured out a way to get up these this little uh, you know incline with rocks and and some steps, and and he got inside before I could even blink my eyes. And you know, I was standing there scratching my head, figuring out what we were going to do to get you know him inside. And so now he's inside. I walk inside, and I go, John, is this? Is this gonna work for you? And and he looks right at me, you know, and he goes, I can make anything work. I said, Okay, well, stand by. So I I, I left. I said, Y'all stay here, take care of John, get settled in. I said, John, don't unpack your bags yet. I went back to the to the headquarters or, or the, the reception desk there and I told him, I said, Hey, listen, we got a guy down there in a wheelchair, he's got no legs. And and, and there was no way for him to come and go. The shower facility's not going to work. I said, "This, this is this is not a really good situation. Don't you have a, a you know a ramp or American Disabilities Act compliant facility for this guy?" And she said, "No, we don't." And I had a key in my hand, and I said, "Where am I staying?" She goes, "You're over there in that building." So I looked across, you know, the, the parking lot. I said, "All right, just a minute." I went over there. I looked at my you know, where they had me staying, and it was this big room. You know, there's an elevator going up to this, you know, lodge and, you know, where I was staying and a huge king bed and upstairs. And I said, oh, my God, I I, I, I ran back downstairs. I, I took the car back over to uh, where John was. I said, John, let's go. Grab your stuff. We got him in the wheelchair, got him back in the car, drove across the compound and, and, and got to the to the uh, the main lodge. Uh, And there was a nice little, you know, incline there. He was able to wheel his chair up to that. The elevator was wide enough for him. We got upstairs to the second floor, no problem, opened the door for him. And I I presented this beautiful king-sized bed in this big room, you know, with a nice shower that he could get his, you know, we could get him into. And I said, here's your room, buddy. He looked right at me and he goes, this isn't my room, this is your room. I said, John, this is your room. This is not my room, this is your room, buddy. And, and, and he flat out re, almost refused to take it and became and got tears in his eyes. I was like, John. He goes, where are you going to stay? I said, there's a loft up there, buddy. I must be right up there, man. We're going to be roommates. He goes, I can't take your room. I said, John, this is your room. I insist. And, you know, and, and he had tears in his eyes. He's been texting me ever since we got off that mission. He caught musky he had a great time. Nobody ever did anything like this for him. Can you imagine that?
0: No, I can't. Yeah. that's, that's yeah. what happened, man. That's 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 badass, man. <laughs> that's just badass. Uh, it it hits home for me because um two of my uncles on my dad's side and my, one on my dad's side, one on my mom's side were both in Vietnam. Uh uncle was an MP and then uh my dad's brother, my mom's brother was in the 101st Airborne Division and did back-to-back tours in Vietnam. Uh, Because he was single, he didn't have no immediate family. He just took everybody else's missions as as much as he could uh, for those guys who did have families. And then when he got back to Arizona, um, he created a, I still have the newspaper clippings on this, he created a Vietnamese training camp in Phoenix uh, to give new recruits an idea of what they're getting ready to get into. And uh, my grandfather, my mother's, uh, dad, um, committed suicide because he had gangrene from a hunting accident. And then my uncle drew committed suicide. Literally, I'm looking at a picture of him right now in his uniform. And, uh, so it hits home. I mean, I know exactly what these guys went through coming back. Well, from the stories anyway, and I'll tell you, um, nobody that I personally know, not my, and I never met my uncle drew. He passed before I was born, but my uncle Eddie, my dad's brother, he came home several times. In fact, he's the one that encouraged me to join the Army uh, when he was a first sergeant. He never once talked about Vietnam. Never once. He never talked about his experiences over there. He was an MP at the time. And I just, because so I, I know the pain that they went through. But, John, for you to do that for these guys and for John and many, many others, I know you got a million stories like that. Um, Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's It really means a lot to me. Uh, as a veteran and as a uh, just as a, a guy who's got a lot of military in my background uh, so and my boys are, my oldest is in the army now my young my middle one's getting ready to join the air force so and the youngest one wants to be a navy seal so i'll have the air land and sea covered <laughs> there you
1: go there you yeah. go yeah no i it, it's our honor you know i mean it, it absolutely our our honor i, I mean I, I said when we kicked this thing off i'm blessed to continue to serve you know, I got a full bag of gas. Uh, you know, I am motivated every day I come to work. And, uh, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are in this for the long haul. And, um, you know, this is what uh, – this is the kind of welcome home that, uh, that they all deserve. You know, I mean, you, you know as well as I do that, you know, there's some cold, lonely, and scary places out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in countries whose names we, we struggle to pronounce. And, uh, you know, there, there are men and women out there doing amazing deeds uh, that, that, that shouldn't have to be done, to be honest with you. But they're doing them uh, and they're doing them uh, better than anybody else on the planet. And they're the only ones that can do these jobs. And uh, when they come back home, they deserve to be recognized for what they did. And, uh, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, uh, you know, uh, you know, hey, thank you for your service. That's a wonderful thing. It really is, and, there, and and that happens a lot today, much more than it happened in the past. Uh, those are words, and those are important words, but the foundation is backing it up with deeds, you know, and hardcore deeds. You know, we are doing something about it. I I I, I got my commission in 1985 out of the University of Wisconsin Madison, a very liberal campus and a very liberal city, and uh, I had no idea, you know. Um, you know, what liberal really meant. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, in, in uh, you know, in the country, in, in, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, when I got to Madison, you know, uh, I didn't know a whole lot. I, I, I knew sports. I knew the outdoors. Uh, I knew, you know, about cars and, 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 and having fun. Uh, but I, what I didn't know is when I wore my uniform as an ROTC cadet, that somebody would call, would behind my back call me a Nazi or a or a baby killer, and I'd stop every time. I'd stop and I'd turn around and I'd look. You know, I would look, and I and you think anybody would be standing there? Nobody'd be standing there. Mm-hmm. And I'd like okay, you know. And then I I studied I studied the Vietnam Wars plural. You know, I mean, Apocalypse Now was a movie that 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 had just come out. You know, and, and I remember, you know, in high school seeing that movie and being absolutely moved by it. And I read books. I had a voracious appetite for, you know, what, what, what Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam Wars were all about. And uh, so I learned as much as I could. And, and, you know, the number one thing I learned is that our, our service members, you know, went, went over there and, and, and fought a war that was very ultimately very unpopular. And they came home to an absolute mess. And I just said, I committed myself back then to do something about it, uh, you know, to, on my watch that I would do something that that would uh, would help prevent that from ever happening again. And um, so, that you know, that's my story. And I just combined all the things I was passionate about, you know, this country, men and women who get wounded serving her, and the great outdoors. And this is what I came up with, and, and and we're we're very fortunate, you know, now in our twelfth year, uh, to uh, to enjoy uh, the success that we have, and success is defined by you know how many lives you, you affect, and and we're, I think we're doing a good job, Wally.
0: Yeah, I think you are too, man. So, John, we're at the point of the program where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Sure. Guys, today I want to tell you about this amazing business founded by Justin Myers called Signs by Veterans. And the background on this is Justin is a disabled combat veteran who honorably served for six years as a gunner's mate in our United States Navy. He is most known throughout our military and local communities as his gallant actions during the 2010 pirate attack on the amphibious dock landing ship, the USS Ashland. His valiant efforts led to the first judicial conviction for piracy in over 200 years, thus gaining the nickname Pirate Hunter. Since transitioning out of the service, Justin has been solely focused on utilizing his military skill sets within a civilian business world to progressively develop into a sales and business operations professional. He attended Charleston Southern University where he now serves as the Board of Visitors. To express his dedication to help veterans, Justin contributes to scholarships to aid in the transition for these students from military specialists to business professionals. He now provides expert business advice and focuses on providing the tools for taking the skill sets developed inside the military and effectively applying them to not only the civilian business world, but to improve and develop one's overall life. His self-proclaimed innovation, Excellence Expected, is not just a hashtag but is a mindset that helps support his dedications and wants for the rest of the world. Justin is the former VP of the signschief.com Inc, one of America's most versatile online signage companies providing top quality signage for many of the Fortune 500 companies as well as over 190,000 small businesses across the United States. And internationally. Now, in December 2017, Justin resigned from the position as VP to fulfill his life's highest purpose—to develop the veteran community as well as those seeking to elevate their life. In April 2018, he officially founded Signs by Veterans, where his mission is to continue veteran development through selfless service for their clients. Justin believes that generating purpose and veterans will truly decrease the suicide numbers down from the current 22 a day. Justin is recognized throughout the industry as a leading expert and influencer. He has been featured in Signs of the Times and Sign Builder Magazine. He has been nominated for Forbes 30 under 30, achieved the top 3 finalists for Digital Outputs International Sign Application of the Year in 2017 and has appeared on over 30 different podcasts, to include now Men of Abundance. And guys, I have to say, I just recently had a conversation with Justin. He was introduced to me by Deuce Pesik, one of my past guests, just an amazing man. And you can check out my conversation with Deuce in the show notes. I'll drop that down there as well. Just go to menofabundance.com forward slash 232. But Justin is an unbelievable man. When I first got on the phone with him, I knew right away with our conversation that him and I have so much in common. First off, we're both veterans, and we still have this deep desire to continue to serve our fellow veterans and people in our community. But Justin has truly taken it to a whole different level. And not only am I highlighting his, him and his business here today, I'm also scheduled to have a conversation with him down the road where you're going to be able to hear his full story and we're going to have that conversation. So make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned. Justin, I'm super proud of you, brother. I'm proud to have had a conversation with you already. And I'm super excited for all of the lives that you're changing with your business signed by Veterans. Thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart, you are a true abundant leader. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today.
1: All right. No, number one, uh, figure out how to make a difference in other people's lives, a positive difference. Okay, that's number one. And really think about that. and Start, start with yourself and then work towards your family because you got to be well yourself before you can help others so that's step number one uh step number two um you know focus on the truth okay truth sometimes is really hard but i want you to find the truth you know whatever it is and understand it internalize it and and accept it you know that's hard but seek the truth you know always and then and and lastly you know um Think about think about relationships. Okay, whether you're in business, uh, for profit, not for profit, or 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 uh, with your family and your friends. Okay, relationships are the key to everything, and you've got to cultivate them. It's it's like it's like a garden. Okay, and 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 you have to have good relationships. You know, they say in business it's all about one thing, right? Location, location, location. I don't think that's true. I think those things are important, but I would say in business and in life, you know, it's all about the relationship, you know, relationship, relationship, relationship. And so, you, you know, you have to invest in relationships. And the first one is with yourself. OK. And, and so that's what I that, those are my two cents. I, I hope I hope that that helps people out there in, in one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you will, especially with what you're doing now. How they can see that. So, what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, John?
1: Daily habits. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in doing routine things routinely well. And I had a boss that used to say that about units and organizations. He used to say, "Good units do routine things routinely well," and and that's my that's my that's what I think. I think that 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 you should. You know, do routine things in your life routinely well. And the small things make a big difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They do. What would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why?
1: Oh, geez. I, you know, reading lists. Okay. I, I You know, I'm not, a, I don't publish like, you know, hey, you know, you need to read these things. But I, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of books that, that I think are, are really good uh, books to read that are quick, short books that'll help change your life if you need it um i, I think because uh, everything's about change right nothing continues without change you me and our listeners today are different right now than we were when we started this conversation an hour ago okay you just don't you don't realize how different you know you really are you know the, the difference that happens in degrees some of which are uh you know understandable and others are not but you're different you know you were different when you came home from combat You know, and it's just—it's all about change. So, uh, you know, same thing in business, right? So, there's a book out there called "Leading Change" by the and the author. His name was Cotter, okay? Uh, I believe with a with a with a K. But "Leading Change" is a really, really good book. I would read that. Uh, "Who Moved My Cheese" is another really good book on change. And then, lastly, you know, the the One Minute Manager. That book's been around forever. But it, I would read all three of those books because uh, they help you to be a better person, and they help you to deal with and for uh, forecast uh, and anticipate and do something about change because it's happening. I, I don't. I don't it, it's happening. Trust me. You might not recognize it, but we're always changing, and so are the circumstances around us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are great recommendations. I've read two of those three books. Who moved my cheese? And the One Minute Manager and the other Minute Manager books that he's got out there. But uh, yeah, great, great books. And I love what you said at the beginning of that, that we are all different just in the last hour that we had this conversation, because this is part of the reason why I love doing this, because I get to talk to amazing guys like you, and it changes my life daily that I have these conversations. So that is very profound that you said that. John, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance or the life that they truly want?
1: Uh, you know, I think all, all all constraints, if you will, all hurdles start with self, you know, you, you, you can do anything. I promise you, you can do anything. You just have to understand, you know, what it is you want and how to get there, you know, and then be relentless. You were all, you know, you talked about getting kicked in the gut. You know, if I had a nickel for every time I was dropped to my knees, I'd be a rich man. But I get back up every time. I dust myself off and I keep marching. I learn from what happened and I keep driving on. You know, I had a boss once who was a physical fitness fanatic and he said he used to say fit men are hard to kill. And and I I was like, "Wow, I thought about that it stuck with me for 40 years. Fit men are hard to kill." And 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 it's true, you know? And so, but what does fit mean? I'm not just talking about being physically fit i'm talking about being morally physically and spiritually fit okay Mm -hmm. and you if you 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 do that you know and and you'll be successful
0: yeah i agree with that i mean there's so many practical um so much practical proof on that regard. I mean, even if you look at like way back in um, Desert Storm and you had all these people come back with all these elements and stuff, the guys that you saw come back that weren't that, that didn't have those same elements, uh, were the fittest guys out there. And generally, they were your special ops teams and these are different guys in that arena. And um, I've just grown up around these guys that are, you know, so physically fit and it's just, you know, you're physically fit, get in a car accident, you recover quicker. You get ill, you recover quicker, so on and so forth. So there's so much truth to that. John, what does living a life of abundance mean to you?
1: Um, you know, I mean, let's, let's talk about the concept of, of wealth for a minute because a lot of people think, oh, you know, wealth is money. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think, you know, it is. Certainly, you know, it, it can be. I mean, that's one piece of it. But living a life of abundance has to do with, you know, being wealthy. And I think wealthy is, you know, a term, um, you know, that goes way beyond the monetary. You know, it's just one small piece of it. You have to be financially fit. But, you know, abundance, mean, meaning, you know, wealth, right? Wealth in your relationships uh, with, with the people that are closest to you, um, and, and, you know, whether that be at work or at home. Or well, at play, right? And 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 take stock in the small things. You know, learn to enjoy. Uh, you know, the 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 natural world around you. Uh, there's so much wonderful, so many wonderful things out there. There really, truly are. Um, but take the time to enjoy them and enjoy them with others. You know, stop, look, and listen. You know, unplug from all this you know electromagnetic stuff in our world and get reconnected to nature and um and 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 pay particular attention to those that are closest to you
0: yeah absolutely love that answer and i agree 100 percent brother so we are going to close this up man and before we do what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today john
1: Well, I just wish everybody the best, you know, Um, um, set high standards for yourself, you know, Um, and, 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 and achieve them, you know, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, I I think, you know, pursuing the difficult, you know, ultimately, if you're, you know, if if you're in a position to do that, which I think we all can achieve, there's a huge amount of satisfaction in pursuing things that are, that are difficult, And, and only you can define what's difficult. Um, but, you know, go out and, and, and set high standards and, and hold yourself accountable, you know, to, to, for things that you do and things that you don't do, but be truthful about that. And, and I always look for ways to self-improve. I mean, I'm probably a self-improvement freak, you know, and, and I have to learn from time to time to just go, hey, listen, take it easy on yourself, wild man. It's all good. You're doing good. Okay. But, you know, it's okay to be critical of yourself, um, and I think that's natural. But take stock in small victories and pursue excellence all the time. Set high standards and pat yourself on the back when you get there, you know? And, and that's a, those are all very important things. And all those things, if you do those things well, the little things well, you know, it'll build your self-esteem and you'll feel really good about it. And you should, you know, you really should. And that will reflect in your daily life people around you your family you know uh that's my advice
0: man i dig it i absolutely love it so brother it's i've been looking forward to this conversation it was everything i expected it to be i could go on and on but we got to close this up at some point so man just go out and live your life of abundance john and keep paying it forward like you are because you are in fact making a huge huge difference and i personally thank you for it
1: well, you got a great program, brother, and you, you've just motivated me. You really have. And I appreciate all that you've done. I appreciate your service, your time, and I, and I hope your, uh, your, your audience has enjoyed our chat. I certainly have. Great questions, great interview, and, and best of luck and Godspeed to you. Let's uh, Let's try to reconnect down the road again and see where we're at.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Alright guys, so your action steps for today are number one, share this episode with everyone in your circles, men and women, veteran or not, because you don't know who knows other veterans and who this message can get out to. Then go to menofabundance.com forward slash 233. Click on the link in the show notes down at the bottom, Wounded Warriors In Action Foundation. Visit the site. It's absolutely beautiful site, but you got to see what's going on at this site. And if you are so inclined, provide a much-needed donation. Be abundant in your life today and share your resources with others. And this is going to an amazing cause. And make sure you share that website with others in your circle as well. And one more action step for the day. Get involved in your community one way or another. Look, I talk a lot about veterans because I'm a veteran and I have a lot of friends that are veterans. It's just my brothers and sisters. But listen, there are many other people in your community that need a helping hand. They need a pat on the back. They need you to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening to them. I'm talking about people like your mail handlers. I'm talking about the teachers that teach your children. I'm talking about the principal. Who gives love to the principal of the school? Give some love, a handshake, a fist bump, a good morning to the security at your school, to the people in your community that you see every single day that are there serving you and they don't get the love that they deserve. Give them some love. Show them the abundance that you have in your heart and show them the abundance in the world by telling them, I want you to live your life of abundance today. Be abundant in your thoughts and actions And go out and pay it forward to somebody else. What do you think? Can you do that? I think you can. In fact, I know you can. And I greatly appreciate you for it. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.
1: That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.